Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, all you private partners. Um, it's, your, it's your boy Jamie here. Howdy, howdy. Um, what can I tell you? I'm, I'm abroad still at the moment. Um, hanging out in Spain, just chilling out, relaxing, having a fun little holiday, um, which is nice. Um, Francis is not here with me for the intro because uh, he's, uh, he's in London and uh, we're doing this on a different day. But that doesn't mean he's not going to be on the episode. Um, which, by the way, we had a freaking epic episode today. Now, um, we always like having comedians on the podcast and we have a hilarious comedian by the name of Joanne McNally. And I say McNally because she's, she's Irish. And also we said this. I always find that if you, for some reason, if you're Irish, for some reason you automatically think that they're going to be hilarious. Because Irish people are always hilarious, I find. And she's one of those people. Now, Joanne's a friend of mine. We've been friends for a while. She's great friends with uh, my buddy Spencer Matthews' wife, Vogue. Um, and we chatted about loads of things. We chatted about comedy. We chatted... Um, about a issue that we she went through in her life, wonderful that she opened up about, um, and we chatted about dating during lockdown. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, this episode is going to be a good one. As I said, Francis is obviously here to to do the podcast, but he's not here for the intro. But as always, the private partners, I just want to say a big thank you for tuning in every single week. Um, if you can, uh, as always, please leave us a review or a comment or whatever you fancy, and follow us on Instagram if you can. Hey, and if you don't want to, don't worry about it, at Private Podcast. But ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Ready for the podcast, Joanne McNally. Before we kick this podcast off. <laughs> That's a hate crime. That's so bad. My London accent is also a hate crime, so I wouldn't worry about it. It's not a, it's not a hate crime at all. I'm the least, I'm the least racist person you'd come across. I That's think. exactly something a racist would say. Yeah, no, exactly. No, it's not. I Thank am, you, I, Joanne. No, <laughs> I am honestly... Honest, the, I was anti-racist before it was cool to be anti-racist. I, I've been anti-racist for, 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 for years. I've, 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 stuttering makes you a racist. That's <laughs> what, <laughs> the fact that I'm really... You're a minority st- as well, Jamie. You're practically albino. <laughs> no, I was albino for a bit. <laughs> and then what I did... So what I did, Joanne, is I, uh, I decided to shave my head, obviously. I know it's... Uh, mm. Gives me a really cool, like, edgy look, and uh, and I and I also look tougher with a shaved head. But I shaved it, and underneath my golden, luscious locks, I'm actually a little bit ginger, a little bit Are like Francis. You? Yeah, at the root of it, it's a little bit ginger. So therefore, I had to, I had to dye it blonde to not make it look so ginger. I used to have a massive thing for gingers growing up. They were like uh, my thing. So wait, I'm so exclusive. I'm exclusively into chaps. Of any color, really? Yeah. No, you're not. Come on. You're not. I am. Wait. I love. Yeah, I love them. Man in the van, pair of Snickers pants, plumber, bricky, and like that. Love it. <laughs> what is it? What do you think it is about uh, about them that you, that you love? It's some deep psychological damage about. It's some like alpha thing, or it's like wanting to be looked after or protected in some way. I mean, it's. Hey. 
They're not there. That's bullshit, Joanne, because if me and you hooked up, I would look after you. I could protect you. But you're I not could... alpha enough for me, Jamie. Oh, you, you haven't, you haven't, you haven't tested me. <laughs> you haven't. Do you, you haven't have tested. a toolbox? Do you have a toolbox? Oh, I, I would, I would show you it. And you I mean, would then I mean a toolbox. I mean the toolbox in the traditional sense. If your dick looks like an Allen key, you're in serious trouble. Doesn't that split in two at the end? <laughs> no, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the octagon, the Allen key. It should be like a drill, no? Kind of twirly and, and twirly and kind of rhythmic, no? Listen, the only time you need a... You need a uh, you He's need just a got a socket wrench. <laughs> the only time you need, a, you need a toolbox is if you're ordering from Ikea, because it arrives and you have to build it yourself. That's pointless. I don't get... We, we can send a rocket to space... We can do all these different things, but yet we have to build our own furniture when you get it from Ikea. When I moved to London, I ordered all my stuff off Ikea, obviously, because things mm-hmm. are going real well. And uh, you can order a, la- a group of lads that come to the house and just put it all together for you, which was great. <laughs> and then you sleep with them afterwards. And then you sleep with them after for payment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, look at all those tools coming into the house. This is un- unbelievable. Oh, we have to. We now have to do this really cool thing where, when we normally in the studio, we realise this point. But what's happened every single time we've done the Zoom is I try and intro the podcast and intro our guests, and we all start talking over it because it's very awkward. Cause we do you know how they Zoom. pronounce IKEA in in oh. Sweden? IKEA, IKEA, IKEA. But isn't yes, there always that kind of thing like Jif and Sif and and different nationalities have different problems? No, but, but it's but it's a Swedish company, right? Yes, it, I believe it, it is. So uh, hey. So, Hey, hey team, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to intro our podcast. You ready for this, Joanne? This is your big moment. Are you ready? Go for it. Hello, everyone. Ladies Welcome and gentlemen. To... Oh, <laughs> getting... I do it. No, I'm going to do it. Here we go. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. Here we go. Oh, Hello. <laughs> Sorry, I think there's a lag. <laughs> there's no lag. There's no lag whatsoever. Listen, here we go. Hello, everyone. Right, Welcome should, we, to... should we start now? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Private Parts Podcast. It's where we read the most intimate and sort of details of our lives. In the studio on the Zoom call, our friend Joanne McNally. Hello. Whoop de woo. Whoop de woo. I missed claps. That was nice. <laughs> so, wait, hold on, Joanne. I just want to. It's hear difficult soon. for me to clap with this microphone. There we go. Smack your head. Yeah. Just make a bit of noise. That's all you need. Hey, so, Joanne, going back to the thing. So, you, you, like, you like a man who comes in and he can fix your. your a man ears. with a van. Man with a van. Yeah. That was my thing growing up. I always liked the kind of rough ones. The chavy oh. types, as you'd call them, yeah. But yeah, I, it was always my thing. Yeah, so, so you're saying... Covered you're in saying, paint. Covered in paint, tattoos, you know, those kind of um, euphoria tattoos along their arms and the Celtic ribbons and stuff, yeah. There's, oh, a, yeah. there's my tattoo. What about this Peter Pan tattoo? There you go. That's sexy that's, for you. That's are, alpha. Are, you are you into <laughs> tribal tattoos? Is that, is that? I've kind of grown out of it now, but I, there was a time, yeah, tribal tattoos. I don't know. I mean, it's clearly some sort of father issue. Who knows? But I've slightly evolved out of that, but not completely. Uh, okay, what do you think the root of it is? Women have always kind of gone for those lads. Like, that's don't, don't lads have that thing? They're like the nice guy finishes last and all that jazz. I mean, mm. look, I'm not a psychologist, um, but there's something about it in... Uh, like I'm quite an alpha female, so you like I want... the raw masculine <laughs> essence. <laughs> the raw, exactly. That's beautiful. I like raw masculine essence. Sacred masculinity, I think they call it. Yes, but then I want them to also adore me. I want them to look like they're alpha, but then I want them to treat me like a queen. You're describing me. You're saying you've got a saying... Peter Pan tattoo. Yeah, it's fucking sexy. <laughs> a little boy on my arm. Uh, you've always got a little boy on your arm, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Peter Lang. It's perfect. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> let me get this right. Let me get this right. So you're saying, you're saying, right. You've just come to say, so let's, we're going to go back. You just came to London. You walk into a nightclub. Yeah. I'm there. Mm. It wouldn't be a nightclub. You walk into a bar, a pub. Yeah. I'm there. I'd be, yeah. at, I'd, I'd be at the, I'd be at the, the, what's it called? The bar. I'd be at the bar and I'd be, and I'd have an, I'd have an ale in my hand. Cause that's what I drink. And I'd probably ale, have a nice, yeah. I'd have a, yeah, there you go. I'd have an ale in my hand and I'd probably have a couple of darts in the other. Cause that's what mm. I like to do in the pub. You're Good. saying, you're saying you wouldn't think that I was an alpha male by looking at me. Well, hold on now, Jamie. Are you doing one of those personal appearance things that you do for a couple of grand where you just shake hands behind a ribbon? <laughs> no, that's not hot. That's no, not hot. No, I'm not. Hey, listen. No, I'm not. What, what I'm doing is I, I've, I've had a long day. I've had a Are you long being day. a normal person? Are you being a ah, civilian? I'm totally normal. The darts are sexy. I like a man, like he's kind of come in and he's licking a brick, you know, like that level of masculinity. What? Yeah. That's ridiculous. You ejaculate <laughs> Smithers, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm having problems meeting a man <laughs> so you're so you're saying that i if you know i am in a relationship obviously you know but if i was in a relationship you're saying that i'm not manly enough to take you on a date that's basically what you're saying yeah also and like you're but you, you know what you're way funnier than i thought you were originally from seeing you on telly because i met you in real life and i was like this lad's mm -hmm. hilarious and we gigged together do you remember yeah i remember i remember <laughs> You're a little sad and um, you were in the comedy store with me. Yeah, but that, that set wasn't, uh, wasn't so good. That one I, thought you were, I thought you were brilliant. You thought it was all right? Yes. What was like, his best line, John? That's not an easy gig, you know. The store is a, it's a tough room. I can't remember. Didn't I, didn't I tell you? Didn't I give you a tip? You were, you were using a name and I was like, that's, I don't think that's the right thing to do. I can't remember. <laughs> I was you obviously did. playing. I was playing Billy Big Balls and like giving you advice and all. You're like, fuck off. No, you, were, you, were, you were actually, you were actually so sweet because obviously I was going out into like this nest of like just hell, and yeah. I was used, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to talk about my uh, friend Horatio, and you were like, I'm going to stop you there. I don't think that's going to be really relatable to the crowd. I really think you should <laughs> use something like Glenn, and I was like, Ray, weren't you Ray, talking about Ray, that was that's it? it. You see, it's yeah. all in the detail. The devil is in the detail, you see? It's funny, like, you can just choose a different... Like, I, when I started doing stand-up, I was telling this story about this bald guy who, uh, who, who, who is a real person who had broken up with me, and I was raging about it because I had felt... Like, I'd known him years, and um, I hadn't ever really fancied him, to be honest. But then I turned 30, and I was like, do you know what? Let's give it a shot. And he'd been quite keen. And then, as always happens, three months in... He gets to know you a bit and he's like, do you know what, you're grand. And he liked it. <laughs> and I, so this was, I was, I was raging because I was like, you're bald. Yeah, you sound like you've got a full head of hair. So I was telling this story um, to a friend of mine who was in theatre. And she, that's how I ended up getting into stand-up. But I used to call him Pykel, as in like, you know, not Michael playing on the name. And we used mm -hmm. to get a great laugh out of Pykel. And I could never find a funny name like Pykel. You have to really think about these things, you know. Yeah, it's, it's they do make a difference. Yeah. It's all about the little bit of detail. But exactly. Right, so, wait, so hang on. So you didn't grow up then wanting to be a comedian. You were just like, okay, I feel like... Because also there's a part of me, and this is another hate crime I'm going to put out there, but here we go. Um, I feel like if you're Irish, automatically yeah. people think you're funny. They, 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 yeah. they, it makes you funnier for some well, reason. Well, it's like the rhythm of the language, I think, is, yeah. is just funny. It, it, you know, I think it's, and, I and you're very observational, the Irish people, I think. 
I don't know what it, I think sometimes like country, it's, there's a like Scottish people are naturally funny. Um, Irish people are naturally funny. I don't know what it is. I think the accent, like, so when I moved to the UK, I found that because the I, Ireland has produced, you know, quality comics, you don't hear about quality you don't hear that many quality Spanish comics or like German comics. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's just some countries' nationalities who are better at it. I'm sorry, but that, like, that's just the way it is. And like, obviously, the UK is like the mecca for stand up comedy, London in particular. So when I moved over there to, to London, I found that as an Irish person, there was a certain amount of trust put in you straight away when you walked out onto the stage because of the people that have gone before me. The standard is it's high, you know? So people, tr- the English people, kind of trust you as an Irish family. But it's Not interesting always, because the, the comedy the scene in Ireland is actually relatively young, isn't it? Compared to the English comedy scene. Well, it's relatively small. Yeah. Like it's sm- much smaller. So it's hard. Like there's not as many clubs over here. And say like on a Monday, if you're gigging in our, or in Dublin, you'd be playing to, you know, 30, 50 people. Whereas in the UK, you can be gigging to 300 people on a Monday. So, mm. and the standard is a lot higher in the UK because it attracts comedians from all over the world. So you, you, you up your game, you get better. Like when I went, when I was living in the UK for about six, well, I was there, I got signed about two years ago. So I was going back and forth from Dublin. And when I came back, I remember like six months over there or something. And the difference, it's like, it's like learning. You don't realize you're um, improving until you do an exam of some sort. And then you realize mm. the information you've retained. So I was so pleased because it was hard at the start. Like I was on couches, I had no money. And I was really slumming it to try and make it work. Because when I first got to the UK, even though I was signed, I was doing open spots and stuff. So I was staying in like hostels in Hammersmith with like 12 girls. And like, I really did like, you know, I put the, I put the groundwork in. So when I started getting properly booked then in the UK, it was, it felt very satisfying that I, you know, it had finally started to work out. I mean, I have a long way to go, but at least. But also, but but this is what, so there's also another thing here. This is again, Another hate crime I'm putting out there. <laughs> so, so many hate crimes. I'm oh, violent. Out. I yeah. know. Wow. I'm going to really, really be hated by I like people. that. There yeah. you go. There you go. Um, hey, listen, it's going to go get out my wrench and just. But it's, it's socket being... wrench. <laughs> it's not... I, don't I don't know. know what it... I don't know. What's a socket wrench? A no socket wrench is a, is a wrench with a little socket on there so you can change the size of the um, wrench. I think Joanne just came, honestly. <gasps> oh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I know what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> what was the, oh, oh, oh. Is, that, is that your orgasm? That's my orgasm, yeah. <laughs> well, 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 well. It's great. Lads love it. <laughs> Have to warn them first. <laughs> but yeah, if I sound like I'm drowning, it is actually. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, Joe. But also, okay. But the other thing is, is that um, did you find okay? So being Irish, the the audience are kind of like forgiving almost at the beginning. But do you think were you at a disadvantage? I have no idea. I'm just I'm just asking. Were you at a disadvantage because you were female? So did you find that? 
like it's a weird it's it's a weird topic to discuss. It's not at all. It's not at all. It's not at all. See how carefully I step there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but let me I know. Listen, I hear you. Like it's a weird one. And my ex was a stand-up, and he we used to kind of argue about this a lot because he would always say, "Funny's funny," and don't ever identify as a female comic. You're a comic, and if you if you start I identifying, agree. I agree. yeah, one hundred percent. And he's like, if you identify as a female comic, it means you're you're only really up against you feel you're only up against the other women which is unhealthy and he's like you're you're a comic and but I would say to him I do feel when I go out on stage when I started certainly I I don't think I probably is there now but I I don't care about it it doesn't it doesn't psych me out if you know that way um mm. but I do feel that sometimes as a woman when you go out on stage there you do have to work a little bit harder at the start there is an initial like oh What's going to happen here? Like, I guess women messaged me. I had a woman message me the other day. It was mental. <laughs> she told me, I can't wait. She DM'd me. I, guess, I do get a lot of the women, and a lot of female comics talk about this, um, that women come up to them and go, I don't usually like female comics, but I've had that said to me more by women than men, ever. Really? And I've, yeah, and I had one woman message me, she DM'd me the other day and she was like, hey, just let you know, like I don't usually like female comics, but, and she said, it's really hard to make me laugh. I've got absolutely no sense of humor. I was like, well, <laughs> if, if you're- <laughs> so Like a weird backhanded- I know, but it's that thing of like, I sh I'm really hard to make laugh, but she actually identified it perfectly when she, she, she didn't, she probably misspoke, but she said, I've no sense of humor. And I was like, yeah, that's your problem then. It's not gender specific. But, but comedy also, we get a little bit serious for a second. Comedy is in like this strange place at the moment, I think, because um, for, for a white male, I feel like it's, it, you have to be very careful about what you're saying and what you're doing and what you're yeah. uh, acting like on stage, right? Because the, the spotlight is on you. Um, and do you and think- people might not laugh. Yeah, and people, and people, yeah, I experienced that, and wow, it sucks. When people, it's awful. Whoa, oh my God, Joanne, it's the worst thing I've ever... I they, know. They, they speak about, they speak about this mythical thing called losing the room. And I was like, come on, that never yeah. happens. That never happens. Wow. When you lose the room, you really fucking lose the room. I know. It's, like, it's like one of the worst things. What was the, the moment world. that you lost the room, Jamie, do you think? When I started, when, I, when it was like my second time or third time, whatever, and I and I mentioned AIDS. That is really not like a game, especially when it's not funny. <laughs> but, it, but it's interesting, right? I feel like the, it, it's like a really, it's a tricky place because of all the, the movements that are happening, whether it's Me Too or, mm. or Black Lives Matter, all these different things, which are amazing things that are happening. Um, but again, going to that that thing, do you, do you think, this is such a deep question, but do you think as a female comic, it's easier to talk about things and mention things, even though you're not identified as a female comic? Do you see what I mean? Yes, no? I think we're quite trendy at the moment. Yeah, um, totally. That's yeah. what I think. That's what my point I was trying to get to. We're, I like pushing things and poking, I think. I wouldn't describe myself as a woke comic. I think I'm woke in my personal life, but I like to play with stereotypes in mm. my stand-up. Um, it's an, it's sometimes it's frustrating because you're trying to have fun with things and you mm. want to be punchy, but you also don't want to be an asshole, you know? Well, yeah, I think, I think with, um, with a lot of the um, stereotypes, obviously like comedy, right? When you say a joke, it's uniting everyone in the room on a sort of commonality in all of their lives, which they all recognize and, and laugh at, right? Uh, so, so I think if it's funny, I think a lot of the sort yeah. of wokeness actually makes a lot of these uh, subjects almost 
more tense, there's more tension surrounding them. So it actually makes it more funny when you actually talk about them. And obviously yeah. a joke is a joke because, you know, there's a sort of common acknowledgement that it's yeah. predicted, that it's absurd to hold that idea or whatever. Like, you know, I, I kind of talk about how I want to um, marry for money and how like I need a mom at the house and how I've swapped all my priorities from dick to brick. So I just kind of play, <laughs> play with that stuff. Um, and there's some truth to it, but my, my material's never... I'm Is never that licking really, a brick or...? Dick, no, on his profile, like, I don't care about dick anymore. I need to know, has he got brick? I need land. Oh, I thought you meant the guy licking the brick coming into the, the bar. <laughs> nice callback, Francisco. Hey. <laughs> You're a notch. Um, hey, I can do a call. I can do a callback. <laughs> Go I can on. do one. Oh God, uh, AIDS, is that it? Yeah, that's, that's what it's gonna be. <laughs> the thing with it is, if you're gonna go down, if you're gonna go for the dark stuff, which is always fun, you know, and you'll find your audience eventually. Not everyone will like it, but you'll find your audience. You have to really commit to it. So, you know, so I've, I've done material where I've started something and I know that they're going, oh, I don't know about that. But yeah. then if you, if you really commit to it and, and it pays off at the end and it's well thought through, you like they'll enjoy it you know people like there's it kind of laughter is supposed to i think um kind of dissolve tension like that's mm. what it does so it's fun if you can take quite a serious topic and then make it funny and laugh about it but like i say i'm never malicious it's just kind of silly really it's like just inverting things i i i, I totally know exactly what you mean um <clears throat> right francis we got to that moment in the podcast where you have to give us the uh, question of the week so let's Ooh. have a question of the week Neil Armstrong. Yeah. What did he have to do when he got back from the moon? Is this like a real question? Is this like no, a it's a real question. Oh. Oh, he would have had to have gone into a de, de um, a decanter. Decanter. What the hell's a de like? It's like, like a wine. Wine in. Yeah, like a human decanter to take to take all the kind of because he was up in space and he, there was no gravity. No. So, so they have to take all the gravity out of him. <laughs> so put him in the decanter. I know. No. It makes sense. No. <laughs> I reckon, I reckon he had to, he had to, Neil Armstrong had to, he had to come down and he had to, because listen, it's got to be something conspiracy theory-esque, doesn't it? It's got to be something like that. So, Why does oh, it have to be something like no, that? No, I know, it's something to do with pressure. Like if you come, come up from scuba diving really fast, you have to be Your put into like- can explode, yes. Yeah, you can put into a depressure cooker. So he came from above instead of below. So cooker. something like that. He got put into a depressure cooker. Depressure cooker. Or else do a publicity photo shoot. <laughs> something like that. I think it's something to do. I imagine if you came out of a space rocket, you, you wouldn't just be able to like walk into your gaff and make lunch. I assume there'd be some process yeah. where you'd have to like recompress to the world. No? I'd just be like, well, hey. <laughs> well, that was weird. I'm back. Hey, everyone. <laughs> what are we having? So, Joanne, what's your answer? Something to do with um, like the pressure of being in the rocket in space and something to do with, I mean, I don't have the NASA lingo, but something to do with decompressing or, 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 or compressing or something. A tank. I think you have to go into a tank. Not oh, a war yeah. tank, an air sort, t tank of sorts. A decompression chamber. Tank. Yeah. He went straight from space into battle. <laughs> war. That would be <laughs> dense. Oh, He's a man God. of many talents. I reckon, I, reckon he had to, I reckon he had to do something. He had to swear something like on the Bible. Or you have to go into court and do something. He had to, yeah, he had to, he had to swear something. You're going like, conspiracy, aren't you? Yeah, I reckon he had to sign some sort of treaty proving that he had been in space. Something like that. That's what yeah. I think, Francis. Are you one of the people who thinks that he went, it was just a photo shoot? Hey, look, Joanne, Francis thinks the earth is flat, so let's not even get into that. That's you, Jamie. 
Uh, You're like, yeah. oh, is it? Um, <laughs> yeah, wait, is it? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, AIDS. All right, here we go. Hey, Joanne, listen, this is your favorite moment of the whole podcast because you get to sit back and relax and listen to my diary. You ready for this? Great, yeah, I love it. Uh, here we go. <clears throat> Holiday. So if you follow me on social media, firstly, you're probably lolling yourself all day, every day, because my content is so good. Good. Hello, have we lost you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought <laughs> Are you waiting for your laughs? Yeah, yeah, that was me. That was me. <laughs> <clears throat> but secondly, you probably have seen that I'm away in Spain for a small holiday with my girlfriend. Holidays are a funny one because you basically arrive in another country, check into your hotel, apartment, or whatever you are staying in, unpack your bags, and then either go eat or read a book on the beach. You then spend half the day saying how nice it is, and then spend the other half either deciding where to eat that evening or decide what activity you're going to do the next day, because otherwise, you're going to get bored. So, we therefore decided we'd go bike riding. We found a company that was renting electric bikes, and off we went up the mountain. This is where planning really should have come into place. Firstly, we brought no water. Big mistake when the temperature outside is 35 degrees. We then secondly didn't check our route. So we started biking up what I can only describe as Kilimanjaro in Spain. <laughs> nice. Like that. that. Yeah, that's good. Like yeah. that. Yeah. <clears throat> now, the electric bikes weren't strong enough to take us up the hill and we were holding up all the traffic. Even the cars were who were able to pass us weren't angry. They just looked concerned at us. We somehow managed to get ourselves up to the mountain to only find it was halfway up the peak. Then Sophie began to cry because she couldn't go any further. I knew we were in trouble. I felt like it was going to be like touching the void moment. If you haven't seen the documentary, you should watch it. Apart from, we weren't alone on K2. We were just off a mountain road in blazing heat. 50 minute car ride from Marbella. I tried to be a hero and push both bikes up the rest of the way, but realizing that was pointless exercise, I had to Google the company's number and ask one of the employees to come get us in a van. Never has a man looked so disappointed, concerned and curious when picking up two pathetic English people, one half crying, the other ashamed, on the side of a mountain road. Moral of the story is plan your route. Excellent. I actually witnessed the, I, I witnessed that um, cycling trip from hell on Instagram. <laughs> How shit was that diary, everyone? That was one of the worst. <laughs> well, I, my diaries are like, went to bed at nine, like called in to Anya. I, I never write anything detailed or emotive do in you, my diary. Do you write a diary though? Do you keep a diary? No. I, I mean, when I find diaries from childhood, you know, yeah. like it wasn't exactly Anne Frank. It was just basically the functions of my day, which is, oh, I mean, who cares? I didn't well, you'd hope it wasn't like feelings. Anne Frank's, would you? <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, listen, uh, John, that's the end of part one. You're going to stick around for part two, right? Yeah, perfect. Okay, we'll see you in part two, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.